0: Hey, this is Seema Verma, I'm with Matthew uh, Kirshner, and he's a very special guest today. He's going to be talking about his uh, ex-lifestyle for, as a gay man turning to Christ, and he's written a couple of books called Straight and Straight Two, so I wanted to introduce him and ask him many questions about his ex-lifestyle and how he got here. So I'm going to introduce you to Matthew. Hi, Matthew.
1: Hi there. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for coming on. So are you in Cambodia right now? You're not in the States, right?
1: I serve in Cambodia, and right now I'm in Thailand for a short-term kind of thing for several reasons.
0: Oh, okay. So I'm just
1: here for a few days, but just across the border from Cambodia and Thailand.
0: Okay. Do you actually live overseas now, or are you just traveling?
1: Serve in Cambodia, yes, full-time.
0: Oh, Okay. So tell me about your story and you know how you came to Christ and what you know what, what you were uh, you're saying that you were homosexual in the past, and then you turn your life around in Christ. So I want, I'm really curious to know about your previous uh, lifestyle and what happened.
1: Yeah, I grew up in a Christian home, central Pennsylvania, very rural small town, coal mining town back then. And uh, homosexuality at the time and the culture was, was kind of brushed under the rug. And even in the church, folks didn't really know what, know what to do with it. And I knew that it wouldn't be very acceptable. I was a small town boy from a, uh, I was just a, an only child. So they, I think there were a lot of expectations for me and high hopes. And uh, so I got into school and, and was kind of the soft boy. And, and then about 12 years old when when uh, the boys started to like the girls. I liked the boys and I didn't have any attraction to the girls. So for me, it wasn't like a, uh, black and white choice. Like I've chosen to go some strange path. It was, uh, cry myself to sleep. Pray the Lord would take that temptation away. Pray the Lord would give me normal, uh, normal attraction to the opposite sex that, that everyone else seemed to have. And, uh, It didn't go away, and so I took baby steps and bigger steps. Long story short, uh, what started out glamorous in the the nearest city was Pittsburgh, and then I went to Boston and Washington, D.C., and got deeper into the the nightlife and the gay scene, the the gay bars and the clubs and after-hours clubs and drugs and everything that goes along with that, and and addiction soon followed. So what began as glamorous ended in in real uh, bondage to sin, very in a very uh, literal way, where friends were committing suicide and overdosing. And I was just a a shipwreck. I knew that I would be another quiet funeral like so many of the the guys that I knew from the bar scene. And so the Lord brought me to my knees in repentance through reminding me mostly of end times prophecy, that the Lord's coming back in judgment. I knew I wasn't ready to meet him. And uh, I knew that he was real because he had moved in in unusual ways and in, in miraculous ways in my childhood. My mom had a car accident, for example, and a, a guy died in the, in the accident and she had a horrendous time getting through that and, and coping with that. And the pastor came out just like he always did in times of tragedy and prayed with us. And I just remember a kind of a snapshot in my mind that never went away is, is the the feeling that was in the room was something that that I couldn't describe in words. That I knew it was the living God. I knew I knew He was real, more than just a, a collection of teachings. And uh, He's the great Comforter, so He comforted us and got us through that. Praise the Lord! And
0: yeah. And
1: so, uh, so the enemy came through in in different ways in my childhood, and and really uh, deceived me. And and I really kind of went out into the gay world thinking, "This is who I am. I don't have a choice." I I tried to pray it away, and it didn't go away, and so here I am. And so it wasn't until I hit rock bottom, that's the sad part, and kind of an answer to many many uh, believing families' questions. They say, what can we do? What can we do? And I say, well, you can go to war in prayer and fasting for your for your kid, and you, when the opportunity arises, because it will, they will eventually ask you questions. The Lord will be moving in their heart over the years. They eventually be asking questions like, my friend says that homosexuality isn't sin anymore because of government, you know, laws change or something like that. And at that point, we would need to stand on scripture. And that's what my parents did. So they really stood on scripture and they said, we love you no matter what, but this is sin. And that's all it is. It's not, it's nothing new. It's it's just sin and it's pleasure for a season. And it's not going to be satisfying or fulfilling in the end because God made woman for man. Right. So, uh, the Lord brought me to my knees, praise the Lord, 12 years ago, and gave me a new life and peace and, and trained me up in, through different things, uh, a lot of fear breaking and faith building missions. I called them like Toastmasters to break that fear of public speaking so I could stand before churches and witness one on one, kind of out on the firing lines, out on the streets, even to prostitutes nowadays. Uh, you get into some, some pretty heavy spiritual warfare when Satan's taking over someone and using them to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. He won't let go without a fight. So, And in American culture, it's the, the message is actually received uh, uh, It's received better over here in the 1040 window, believe it or not, than it is in the, the U.S. It was founded on Christian values and
0: biblical wow. principles. So that's the well, sad reality. Story is amazing. And, you know, it looks like from what I've seen so far, you lived a very full life. You're very active all over the place, plus missionary. Uh and, and you at least had your parents, even though, you know, they were supportive of you. They did tell you the truth. And oftentimes, you know, like the culture that you mentioned right now, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you was that since they allowed homosexual marriages and now the lgbtq community has gone full force to you know change the minds of everything including like uh trans um transsexual people to be like the norm so what do you think about all that changes that's happening right now and and you know what are your thoughts on that
1: Yeah, we know that it's Satan. He's the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. He's the great deceiver. He's deceived the whole world. That's where we get all the world religions that look so close to Christianity. It's basically the same. Every everybody just wants to do good, but it's not the same because Christ is the only way to heaven. He's the only the only path. So doing good and being a good person does not gain entrance to heaven.
0: Yeah, Uh,
1: no man can boast right only by the blood of Jesus, by repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, we know it's Satan behind it, and, and it's so deceptive to imagine that someone could be so deceived that they would go under the knife to, to mutilate their own body, that they're they're truly convinced to that level. That level of deception is so strong that they're willing to to cut off body parts and mutilate themselves.
0: Right. Uh, but I blame the parents because they're doing this to very young kids. Uh, You know, like under 16, they don't have the mind to be able to figure that out. And oftentimes, if they just let them grow a little, they can reorient them back to what they should be. And so I, I don't understand, like, the big, I know that Satan's behind all this agenda, but really it's the parents' duties to educate their kids. And I'm assuming because many of them are not, you know, raised as Christians or know about the Bible. That they think what they're doing is the right thing. Um, so one of the things that I was curious about, because you mentioned in high school you started having those feelings and thoughts. Um, so is this you? You know, the, one of the questions that people ask: Are you born with this, or is that a conscious choice that you made as a as a teenager?
1: Yeah, I used to get furious when people would say, it's a choice, it's a choice, you chose this. And then there's bullying in high school and everything. It's like, I would have to be insane to choose this for
0: myself. Yeah.
1: So I, I would get really angry before. And then, then when the Lord uh, opened my eyes that mm-hmm. I could see, then it's like, oh, so the Lord's saying something deeper in the spiritual. The person's just saying what they can comprehend. The Lord's saying through that, it's a choice whether or not to follow the temptation wow, that's truth. The truth isn't like in the flesh, I've made a fleshly decision to to run and have anal sex with men instead of women so that I can be persecuted and hated my whole life. That so doesn't make any sense. But in the spiritual, it's like I have this temptation that's come upon me unwanted. I didn't ask for it. Maybe I made small choices in my childhood. That's a whole other conversation. But um, it's something that I don't want. And so the choice is, do I follow that temptation and say, this is who I am, I'm a slave to this, I'm bound and gagged to be gay for the rest of my life, or do I say, nope, I reject that. That's part of my fallen nature. I'm called to repentance just like every other person on earth to turn away from following my deceitful heart and to follow the Lord Jesus Christ instead. That's the choice. It's in the spiritual, it's not in the flesh
0: right so it sounds like if you were to you know advise younger people who would be watching this it seems like you know like that the devil can find you at any age and if they find the younger people and it seems like you know that temptation that they have to resist so the devil can flee so at that moment when they're having these thoughts or possibly you know where they think that this is who they are in reality god says no this is not who you are uh, and all you have to do is just resist the flesh, right? So, and let time kind of heal, and God, you know, speak to them. <clears throat> Sorry. The the big
1: game changer, yes, is to be born again, to repent and turn away from following your deceitful heart, to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, to receive the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit, and then we're empowered to fight. So that's the difference. Because there are some uh, secular folks doing it a secular approach out there where they're saying, well, you can just uh, deny yourself in the flesh without being born again and that's really not a viable way out. That's not an enduring that, that could maybe work in the short term. It's like calling someone to, to not drink alcohol anymore who's a severe alcoholic. It might work in the short term, but chances are pretty good they're going to go back to it if they don't have supernatural power from the Holy Spirit. Lord.
0: So as an adult now that you come out of the other side, are you still experiencing like those thoughts ever, or you consider yourself completely healed, um, from what, you know, what the Bible yeah,
1: So now we're kind of into the next, the next phase of so the, the prodigal son comes into the church, if you will, the ex gay prodigal son comes into the church and then the, the older brothers, they not real happy about it. And, uh, you get a lot of pressure and I, I think a lot of it's coming from Satan through different vessels, but when you come into the church out of a, a lifestyle like this, that's considered kind of deep sin and un, unusual. Then you feel a lot of pressure. Like, uh, like when I get up to share my testimony, people ask questions like that. Well, you don't feel this anymore, right? You, this isn't true anymore, right? You're not like this anymore, right? And it's like, well, I haven't acted on it in 12 years, but, Sadly, I, I'd like to say that I'm all cleaned up, just like I'm already sitting up in heaven a finished work, but that's not reality. Is that reality for you? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. For every other believer, it's not reality. So some folks say, and I'm not them, so I don't know, but uh, some folks say, yes, they, the Lord took my temptation completely away and now I'm only, only attracted to the opposite sex. For me, it's, it's a daily battle. And I think for a lot of us, it is if we're honest with ourselves, even the the woman who repents out of gossip or lying might still wake up in her new life and want to tell a lie or, or gossip, right? Or the guy who repents from drinking alcohol, that was his, he was programmed into that. That's all he did for 20 years, maybe of his whole life. And then he repents and gives his life to Christ and it might continue to be a battle. It's not, it's not that we get on our knees and everything's perfect.
0: The next yeah, time. it is a continuing battle for sure. I mean, even, you know, like whatever the sin that you have done in the past, it just, it's part of your brain that gets ingrained and you really, truly have to resist your entire life. I think even in Paul, you know, he was asking to take certain things away from him and God didn't do that. So I don't know what his thing was, but, um, so I mean, as, you mentioned going to church as a body of Christ now that you join us as a body of Christ. What is that like?
1: To be honest, it's been really, really, uh, it's been, a, <laughs> it's been really, really challenging. That's to put it very lightly. The, the third book that I'm writing now is three testimony books so far. The third one's in proofreading now, and, and it's about this. It's like the. My hesitation, my reluctance to even speak on it is so great because I feel like I'm denying the Lord. By you know, like when you're in the church, you feel like I just need to trust the Lord and pretend like everything is okay, but it's not, and it and it hasn't been for 12 years. I've had amazing moments with the Lord and experiences, and He's done so many things in my life, and He's changed me in so many ways. Uh, life revolution and giving me true satisfaction, true peace, and enduring fulfillment and purpose, and in so many things, but his people are not always, uh, on board. Um, you have kind of different things going on in different churches and different agendas nowadays with, uh, the kind of grace movement and the, the Baptist churches that operate a bit more like a private club that don't reach out so much and don't welcome unusual folks so much, you know, um, you have a lot of things going on where the, Alcohol is now now approved by certain parts of the church, casual drinking, and and some pastors go to great lengths to make sure that everybody knows that things are kind of loose and open nowadays, that we're not under legalism anymore. So someone like me comes in with a testimony about the dangers of alcohol, and I become kind of a target because I'm maybe maybe folks won't come back that we're good givers next week because I shared my testimony and talked against alcohol. So the uh, pastor and um, leadership comes against me full throttle. It's yeah. been really, really horrendous. And and I, I just have, the biggest challenge is to separate the Lord from professing believers that it's not him. He's the one who rescued me. He's the one who gave me new life and peace and purpose. And he's not trying to kill me. It's it's yeah. the enemy through professing believers
0: yeah 100 percent. i mean it's god that gives you life not people so people as body we get together because that's god commanded us to be gathered together but in my local area what i have seen the changes is that they started accepting the LGBTQ uh, agenda to say that we accept them but not in a way that you have repented and came to Christ, but in a way that they're still allowed to be who they are, but they are integrating with the body of Christ. So what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, that's totally, I'm on the opposite side of that for sure. So preaching the gospel of repentance and turning from following our deceitful hearts to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, he's the only way to heaven, and to follow him by faith. And so that's completely opposite of, what I'm preaching, and, and that has nothing to do with what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying. I think that's the, the tendency when someone likes me, like me, walks into the church. Well, when he stands up and tells us we should be welcoming of people with unusual struggles, then that means that we allow them to continue in sin and continue to applaud their, their mm-hmm. sin and following the path of destruction. That's not at all. I'm, I'm saying that. We should then, get back to the word of God that calls everybody to repentance and everybody yeah. to new life in Christ and and please God and not man. Not not try to to get a massive amount of people in here so that we can have a massive amount of income. We should be trying to please the Lord and not man and then everything falls into place.
0: Right. But you know, once you become a repentant believer, you're no longer that person that you, you were in the past. So I would never ever refer to you as A gay Christian, while, you know, when many of them written books like that, I considered you as a Christian, a man of faith, and a brother in Christ. But the only reason we're talking about your past is because I'm curious of, you know, what that meant and how it's applied and what with the current culture, you know, and how to talk to others about that. So that would be the only reason. If homosexuality was not an issue at all, um, I would never care you know what your past was. So I, you know, I'm just curious now because uh you know all the things that are happening especially in my neighborhood and community uh all the LGBTQ stuff is full throttle. You know, it's it's like accepted as being normal now and the kids are changing themselves physically and altering their appearances to match whatever the culture looks like. So and I, and the churches are also changing too. I mean, that was part of it. You know, they all have their uh, rainbow flags everywhere now. And I, I don't know how to even talk to the pastors about, you know, when you go in, because it's a little bit of mix of everything. So how do you protect yourself? And how do you reach out to the people to say, no, you know, if you're repenting, you are uh, in Christ, you're no longer that sinner, that you know whatever the label that was given to you oh uh
1: i had a conversation i'm not laughing about anything particular about a person or anything i'm laughing about the just the complexity of this whole issue and the, the frustration that comes along with with the ministry yeah <laughs> and um i i had a conversation with a pastor from a relatively liberal church early on like in maybe one year or two years out of my old life. And the Lord had really hosed me down and washed me clean in the blood. And there I am sitting in front of this pastor. And I'm not really realizing what's going on in church culture. I'm not kind of naive to it. I'm thinking that we're kind of all on the same page, relatively speaking, that we all know that repentance and new life in Christ. And obviously somebody who's in a man who's wearing a skirt and heels is not truly repentant. But um, he said to me that his, his son had a church his son's also a pastor he said my son has a church and everybody's welcome and men come in skirts and makeup and everything yeah exactly and i said well i said if i said if i repented and gave my life to christ if i truly received the holy spirit and truly repented i wouldn't be in my skirt very long you know what i mean there's grace and mercy there but i might be in the skirt for a couple months or something I, i don't want to put a time on it but it wouldn't be Long before the Lord would have me in a pair of pants and get the makeup right. off my face, because it's it's a sin for a man to be effeminate, right? And yeah. maybe some of us struggle to a point where we still have mannerisms. I can relate to that. You have have mannerisms from the old life and stuff that aren't aren't wanted. But to intentionally throw on some makeup and a skirt that's that's rebellion against the Lord, rebellion against right. His
0: word. Well, that's exactly what Satan's doing. He's corrupting everything. So it's exactly opposite of what the Bible says. And I think that's why all these different attacks are happening at the same time. It's just to kind of erase God and his word completely. So nobody would even look at the Bible if everyone changed. But, you know, God has us as a light and the salt of the world. So we're still here to tell people the truth. Um Tell me a little bit about what your books are from one, two, and three, because you said you're still working on your third one.
1: <laughs> the first one is uh, Testimony, Kind of Early Childhood in, through, through Repentance in 2010, and then the, the second, that's Straight and Ex-Gay Prodigal Story, and then, so that's the Conversion Testimony, and then number two, Straight to Adventures in Christ, is um, picking up right on that. That repentance day, May twenty eight, two thousand and ten, and walking through kind of the the bright side, the positive side, the fear breaking and faith building missions of New Life, and it's kind of intentionally sticking with the positive stuff for the first book, and then for the first New Life book, and then this third one is the tough stuff. It's a tough read. It's a tough write. It's it was really it's really been heavy, and um, it's it's the older son how he's treated me since I got back into the church and how. The Lord's trained me up to fight forward through it, and only by his grace am I still here and, and fighting forward. And it's uh, You had mentioned something earlier about the kids nowadays. In, in American culture, for example, kids are telling the parents what to do. Yeah. And the parents are just bowing down and saying, okay, we'll, we'll just shell out $30,000 then to mutilate our son. Yeah. It's just insane, and something that even 10 or 20 years ago, I think people would have thought, this is criminal. Are you crazy? What do you mean? Really, Your kids really. are telling you some six year olds telling you this and you're just following it blindly. Yeah. And so uh, my thing is, and what's addressed in the book a lot, the third book is uh, the church. We shoot, we shoot our wounded and that's, that's kind of me as a Guinea pig, but many, many others. And um, I, I think it started as kind of a slippery slope back in maybe around the civil rights era. And this isn't popular to say, but but we kind of reverse the roles of husband and wife, right? Yeah. So we, we said, woman can now be the head of the home and now we're going to start ordaining pastors. And I have friends that are a woman pastor. I have a, one friend that's a woman pastor and, and so on. So it's not a personal attack on them. And maybe in some cases it's because the men haven't sta- haven't uh, stepped up, right? Maybe, maybe somebody was called and didn't step up and so she's filling in the gap temporarily or something. I don't want to pass judgment on everybody, but the bottom line is that Christ is ahead of man, man's ahead of woman, she'll submit to him in all things as unto the Lord. And when we reverse that, and we're playing God, we're, we're rebelling against the Lord. And it might seem like just a slight small thing, and it's fun okay. because Hollywood's done it, and what's the big deal, civil rights movement, and oh, that was probably written for a certain time, and that doesn't apply anymore, we just tell each other whatever we want to we hear to get through it. And now we're down the road. It's like Satan's like, okay, since you accepted that small deception, then I'll give you the next one. And now we're how many years down the road, and now we're obeying our kids instead of the opposite. So
0: Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that, because I actually was writing just on that topic right before the interview to finish, because I'm working on my book too. So I post each chapters individually. So I, I was doing working on chapter six, and that was the very theme that... I ended with um, what happened with feminism and reversing the roles to make, you know, the Bible said the women are the weaker uh, vessels and helper of their husbands. But now it's uh, the women are turning that around to make men the, the weaker vessels and, you know, ruling over men. And even, you know, part of the struggle for me because I clearly said, you know, I'm not, Taking the ministry role i'm not any you know trying to relay the message as a pastor or anything like that i'm simply just a witness of god as christ just as much as you are and i'm just using this platform to evangelize what my wisdom what god has given me to do so i do understand you know i had this you know the same instincts that you know when i see women pastors uh that can't be good so you know, because the Bible says that women should not be leading the church. Um, but at the same time, you know, you were stuck in this realm where everything is upside down. And, you know, if I want to go out and preach the gospel, you know, I even worked out on myself, like, should I be doing this at all? But I don't have an answer to that. I All I can say is that it's because I'm a witness, you know, and so I write about it.
1: Yeah, I, uh, biblically, the the woman is to teach the kids, right, and and other women. So, and and John Macarthur, for example, John Macarthur is not the Word of God, but John Macarthur's uh, pulling together the doctrines of the Word and pulling together the, all of Scripture. His his feeling is that a woman is able to go out and preach the gospel to unbelieving men. He's saying that the qualification it's limited to the church and the home and she's to submit herself to her husband, not to every man out on the street, you know what I mean? So
0: right. it is,
1: it is that and
0: um, What about analyzing and all, the word of God like I do?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh I know that uh Christ is the head of man, man's the head of woman she'll submit to him in all things as unto the yeah. Lord in the in, in the home. He's the head and then uh, in the church a woman is not to be a pastor or usurp usurp authority over men to teach men, but she is able to teach women and children. So I the the bottom line for me in, in this in the whole thing is that a woman in, in her God given role that she was designed and purposed for will be fulfilled and satisfied. And that's been the, the great awakening in my new life in Christ is that he when I'm walking in evangelism, what he's called me to do in writing and using gifts to to serve him. I have fulfillment and satisfaction. If I walked away and said, I'm going to build a 100 orphanages, do something different that he doesn't really want me to do, I wouldn't have satisfaction. I might feel like a good person somehow or prideful, but I would be kind of in a rut. Like This was fun for a while, but I'm not fulfilling my purpose. I'm not doing what I was designed to do. And that's what happens when we, per, we pervert or twist the roles. We Woman becomes man and man becomes woman. And then we wonder why the marriage didn't work. Right. I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't fulfilled. Like Hollywood says, I'm just not happy anymore, John. Mm-hmm. And then they divorce. It's like, well, that happened when you twisted what the Lord set up. He set it up to work a certain way.
0: Right. No, well, I agree with that. Everything has a purpose and a role. Um, and we try to honor it. It's just having that education you know, where people aren't, they don't, if they don't know the word of God, they're not going to know what their purpose is. Um, I think this is going to kick me out very shortly. So is there a message that you want, um, for my audience to know, or I wanted to ask you more questions, but I think I'm going to run out of time.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mentioned about the, the families, the question I get a lot is what can I do if my son or daughter runs off into a gay lifestyle? And that's go to war in prayer and fasting, stand on difficult truth, try to get them to read scripture with you. There's power in, in the word of God. So actually reading it rather than just summarizing it to them, big impact. Uh, if they're willing to pray with you, that's really excellent. The Lord can use that. Um, for those who struggle like like um, I have, then to not not assume that my temptation is who I am—it's a death sentence. It's I'm bound and gagged to this. It's not. We can be set free by the blood of Jesus and uh, walk in newness of life if we're willing to repent and put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to follow the Word of God instead of our deceitful hearts. I think the the big thing with someone like me and many people who've grown up like me with this temptation we allow kind of public opinion to dictate people start telling us in high school and even before you're just a faggot you're just a faggot and we say okay okay i guess that's who i am and 10 years later we're out having sex with men and doing really awful things that we wouldn't probably have done we're just we i feel like i've been weak in my past Mm -hmm. you know i've been weak to allow somebody else to tell me who i am it's like who are you to it doesn't matter how many people gather around and tell me, you're a fag because you like pink or something. That doesn't, That's not what the word of God says. I have XY chromosomes. I have male genitalia. I'm a man. It doesn't matter if I struggle with feeling feminine or, or wanting to do something that women like or do. It doesn't matter. The Lord created me to be a man. And that's it. He's the authority.
0: Well, oh man, I'm, I am really happy that you were able to talk about this. I have many other questions, but we may have to do that another time. Um, so, just briefly, you, what is your mission now? Like, where are you at?
1: Um, uh, Cambodia is a developing country next to Vietnam, between Vietnam and Thailand, and it's a blessing to be over here. It's primarily Buddhist country and so people are uh, people are tend to be respectful of elders and um, I have some gray hair now so I'm in a good place as far as age I guess usually I'm sharing with folks that are a little bit younger than I am and so I do street witnessing uh, just yesterday here was out witnessing to folks and, and the Lord typically leads through various avenues to LGBT folks that struggle with same-sex attraction uh, here you have Beauty salons, just like in the West, and you have uh, massage parlors lining the streets. Uh, you can you can pretty easily find folks who are struggling. Transgender culture is very much um, open here. A mm-hmm. lot of that. And so where I where I'm serving right now, not quite so many. But before I'd lived in Bangkok for about a year, and that's really a hub for transgender. Uh, gender reassignment surgery and all that kind of stuff. Oh. And you now I'm back in Thailand for a few days, so I'm checking in with some of the folks uh, that I had witnessed to, so the area where I used to witness, the red light district and so on. But where I am in Cambodia, it's a little more calm, and uh, it's a smaller town. There's a, a lot of tourism there for the temples, so there's opportunity to witness to folks from different countries. But I primarily focus on... Uh, the Cambodian folks who struggle with same-sex attraction, and also uh, have a small youth ministry next to where I live in the community where I've been living in the same place almost five years, I think now. Wow. So the Lord's relationships there. Usually, when someone from the West comes that can speak English, as a they call it, a native English speaker, then they say, "When are you going to teach my kids?" And, and yeah. the English language is kind of the the driver to get the gospel through because parents typically are w- welcome. You to tell whatever tell whatever you want to my kids train up my kids in whatever you want as long as you're speaking English because they figure yeah. that's the, the path to a better life. So, are you also to... in
0: a relationship with someone there? Because I saw some that's of...
1: the, that's book three. I have a uh, wife and, and oh, we're right. having problems. Now and and I, I went into detail in the book on that kind of painful detail and what's happened. With that. I married
0: mm-hmm. married
1: a woman from the Philippines pretty soon and. And didn't really know her very well and and it was it's been rough so that's books. Oh.
0: well i would like to have you come back on some to talk about more of your struggles the stuff that you wrote about in your third book i feel like there's a lot more there that i haven't touched at all so would you be open to coming back sure Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much uh, for coming on today. And I already learned a lot just by talking to you and I'm hoping to bring you back on to talk about more about your struggles and stuff. All right. Thank you, Matthew. And you have a great night. Thank you for having me. Praise the Lord. Yep. Amen. Thank you.